Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Do you want to talk about when I see dumbass rednecks on the TV? Yes, and that's I supposed know about to be that. me. Yes. I also have a stereotype, but I don't want to bring it up. We are educated. We are traveled. It's not insane. It is called. So you wanna, are you one of those people that you don't see color? Tell me you're that girl. I don't see color. Eek. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from last week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It was Sutton, of course, talking to new housewife Crystal. You guys were going to talk all about that. First, I want to say I hope you're all having a, a wonderful holiday weekend if you're here in the States. Uh, this episode's going to be a little bit shortened because it's a holiday weekend. But we do have to talk about last week's Beverly Hills because we didn't get to it. So I want to uh, dive into that. Also, I want to briefly mention The Real House is a Potomac trailer. Did you guys see it? Uh, I'm so excited, you guys. I can't wait for Potomac. It's coming back very quickly, which I thought maybe it'd come back end of August or something like that. But we're getting it, I think, in uh, early July, which is insane. However, it looks fantastic. I know Potomac's going to come and save us. I'm loving this season of Beverly Hills. I'm loving New York, but the Potomac ladies, you guys, you need to watch. Go binge it if you haven't watched over uh, over the course of the next week because you need to see it. You need to be caught up on the Potomac women because they bring it every time. They have more OGs in the cast than any other franchise, I believe, uh, going at this time. Uh, and Wendy, Dr. Wendy, you guys, it looks like she's going to have a, a good second season, you guys. Uh, she goes after Giselle. Giselle stirring the pot. She always does. You know, that Giselle green-eyed bandit always stirring the pot over there in Potomac. And so Wendy's pissed. She says in the trailer, uh, everything that everyone said you are, you know, I know that's what you are. And she says, I don't give a fuck about the cameras. Oh, I got chills and goosebumps. And then meanwhile, one time in the trailer, uh, Giselle's trying to talk to Karen Huger, and Karen Huger, the grand dame, is not having it. She's not interested. She's like, oh, are you talking to me? Goosebumps! There's a new woman on the cast. She looks great, too. We're losing Monique, and unfortunately, that means we're also losing Monique's parrot. The bird is gone. Flew the coop, if you will. Pun intended. And uh, so we're not going to get T'Challa in next season, and that's a huge loss in my eyes. So I know that production knows the fact that they lost T'Challa means that they're going to step up their game. They know. Those producers over Potomac, they know that they got a void to fill with that bird flying the coop. So let's see how it is. I think it's going to be great. Now, I want to tell you also why I think it's going to be great, and that's because uh, it's coming back so quickly. And I believe that's because Bravo knows they got a really good season, so they don't need a bunch of time to retool it or rework it. I think they know they need some dynamite, so they're bringing us Potomac. And I don't love these shows coming back so quickly because, you know, Danny gets tired. I get overwhelmed, you know. I try to just cover two shows on this podcast because when I just start doing three shows, four shows, I literally start to lose it because it feels like I'm just taking notes on these shows every fucking minute of the day. 
you know, Matt, I'm like stressed, you know, got my coffee shaken in my hand and Matt comes in the room and I'm just like furiously taking notes about Countess Luann or something. And he's like, you need to step away from the TV. I'm like, I got a job to do. I'm on the front lines. So I got, I got work to do here. Uh, so I do prefer when there's just like two of these shows on the air. So Potomac's going to come back and then Salt Lake City's going to be around the corner and you guys, not a break. Not a break, but I don't know. We're going to have to figure something out because, uh, you know, three, four shows can't do it. I did it when it, Atlanta, Dallas, Jersey, and uh, what was the other one that was on for a while? There was four shows on at one time, and I was just exhausted by it, especially because the four shows, one of them was Dallas. So at that point, you know, I just was, oh, you guys, um, the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, do you see how they went on vacation? And there was like a 100 fucking rooms that they went on this vacation with. Uh, but on Dallas, they all had to share, they were like three to a bed on their cast trip. And I know there's not a lot of money in Dallas. You know, I think they, they throw them like, uh, $50 in a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card to film their whole season. You know, there's not a ton of money over there because the ratings aren't good. Uh, but it made me laugh that on their big cast trip, remember when they were doing those, uh, Olympics or something where they were all, they were playing with toilet paper, unclear exactly what they were doing, but I remember there being toilet paper and then there was salsa in a bed. That was their big cast trip. Real sad. Uh, but it was funny. They were all three to a bed in Dallas. And now here on Beverly Hills, we're at this beautiful Lake Tahoe place. They flew private. And then, you know, they got money over in Beverly Hills. I'm not sure if it's the production paying for it, if it's the cast. But they got money over there. Uh, speaking of money, too, before I dive fully into the Real House of Beverly Hills, I do want to mention the Friends reunion, which made me cry. I know it's not very popular to like Friends anymore. I get that. It's like, you're real lame. You know, everyone thinks you're lame if you like friends. Well, guess what? I like it. Yes, there is some problematic stuff. Some of it doesn't age well, but nothing ages well. Everything nowadays ages like milk. I mean, I look back on anything from five years and more uh, ago, and all of it's a big hot mess. Culturally, we're in a different spot. But if you uh, enjoyed it back then, I think, you know, we can look back at it in a critical lens and say, you know, those jokes, there was a lot of like, gay humor that was inappropriate. I remember there was like a whole episode where Ross and Joey kept falling asleep on each other and they were like so sicked out by it. And as a closeted kid, I remember watching that. And I loved Friends, but I remember watching shit like that and being like, oh my God, look at all that gay panic. You know, and I think Chandler's mom, remember she was played by Kathleen Turner, or I'm sorry, Chandler's dad played by Kathleen Turner. That was very problematic stuff. So yes, there was some stuff that wasn't uh, didn't age great. However, I do think that the reunion was really good. It was nice to see them all together. I love Janan. I love Courtney Cox. I love Lisa Kudrow's my favorite. If you've never seen The Comeback, uh, you guys, it's my favorite show of all time, The Comeback. It was on HBO for two seasons. Um, fingers crossed for a third. But it was just nice to see them. Hearing Lisa Kudrow's laugh was like uh, worth the price of admission to me. And it was like three fucking hours, that reunion. And I still wanted more. There was some of it I didn't understand. You know, I never really understand when they hired James Corden for these things. I just wish they would give someone else a shot. James Corden's in and he's got enough jobs. You know who doesn't have enough jobs is me. Like, hire me. <laughs> That's a gross thing to say, but here I am. Hire me, executives. I'm there to host. I watched all friends. I could ask some questions. Actually, to be truthful, I don't even think they needed a host. I would have preferred if James was nowhere to be seen. And we just had them sitting around because my favorite parts were when they went to the set and they were just sort of chatting with each other. There was like some weird stuff too. It was like a fashion show. Didn't know what the fuck that was about. Remember, it was just like, oh, and please welcome Justin Bieber as a potato. 
I'm like, I don't know who asked for that. They've been off the air for a hundred years. We all still love friends. I mean, a lot of us do. And I don't think anyone who loved friends was asking for Justin Bieber dressed as potato. I, I don't really understand why we were wasting time there. There could have been plenty of other things. But aside from those small complaints, I thought it was emotional. Love seeing the gang back together. Loved all those photos of Matt LeBlanc when he was younger. Ah, oh, you guys, wasn't he a, a gorgeous man? I posted some pictures on my Instagram of that beautiful man with that jawline. To me, he's still sexy. You know, like, I'm still attracted to Matt LeBlanc. So sue me. Uh, but he, uh, back in the day, you guys, whoo! Whoo! Wow. Wow, a beautiful man. Um, okay, so I just wanted to encourage you all to watch that HBO Max thing. And while you're there, watch Hacks on HBO Max. It's the best fucking show with Gene Smart. Okay, uh, let's get into the real Housewives of Beverly Hills. This week was the second episode. We got the taglines, which was exciting. Uh, Garcelle and Sutton, they talk about getting massages, which was kind of frustrating to me. They were acting like they're all so exhausted from the pandemic because they haven't had a massage in a while. And uh, I don't know, it was just like, it was bugging me. I'm not sure why. But then Sutton went and visited Erica. And you guys, when they cut to Erica Jane, first of all, we see all of her clothes. We see all the fucking clothes that that woman has. And they're doing like close-ups on all of her goods. Have you noticed this? Every one of Erica Jane's wares gets a close-up now. And I almost feel like they pause it. There was one time, I don't know if it was this week or last week, they showed something, a pair of her shoes. And I, I swear they like paused on it for like five minutes. It was just like, let's pause on Erica Jane's uh, her wares, her expensive stuff. And then speaking of expensive, they also played her song, Expensive, It's Expensive to Be Me. They never play that song. I, don't, I swear, she. they barely play it when they show her performing that song. And yet in this episode, now that the feds are watching, allegedly, they're playing that whole song, It's Expensive to Be Me. Those shady editors, I think they want her to go away. By the way, I, once again, as we talk about Bamboozle Jane, you know what I say, everything I'm about to say is alleged. I don't want to get in trouble by Bamboozle Jane or that uh, that Tommy, that Tommy Two-Tones. What does that mean? <laughs> We've been thinking of a nickname for him. I think we should just call him Tommy Two-Tones. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But you know what? Two personalities, I guess. Tommy Two-Tones. So Bamboozle Jane and Tommy Two-Tones, every time I talk about them, it's alleged. But I've never seen the Bravo people just close up on her so much, all of her wares. And then Sutton arrives. And Sutton brought her something that I love, John Kelly chocolates. Now, John Kelly chocolates, they are, I don't know if they're worldwide, but I know they're here in Los Angeles. They're a chocolatier. And one of the things I remember reading or hearing, I don't know who told me this, but I remember somebody said, you always need to have a chocolatier. And they said, when you're an adult, that's an important thing. And it always stuck with me. And I don't know if it was a bullshit thing or where I heard it from, but it always stuck with me. And I remember a few years back, I was like, I got to figure out my chocolatier. This was like a a process that I went through. Who's going to be my chocolatier? And then I had lived close by this little shop called John Kelly, and they make the most delicious chocolates. Sure, you could order them online. But John Kelly became my chocolatier. And I thought that's that's going to be like, if I need to order someone chocolates for a special occasion or a thank you gift or something like that, I'm going to go John Kelly. So when I spotted them, I was so excited. Also, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember, but I told you guys about a place called Nasbro Chocolates. Ataya, who listens to the podcast sometimes, she had sent me some Nasbro fudge. If you're looking, they're in West Virginia or Virginia. Forgive me, I don't remember the exact location, but N-A-Z-B-R-O. You guys, they're fudge. Otherworldly. Otherworldly. This isn't an ad either, by the way. I'm just thinking of how 
how good it was. Oh, speaking of foods, you guys, I'm sorry, we got to take a little detour. So, uh, my apartment, our, the apartment Matt and I live, we had some sort of pipe burst or something in the kitchen. It started erupting like we dug for oil or something. The kitchen sink just started erupting. All the water is coming out of the sink, you know. And we missed it for a couple minutes. Luckily, we were home, so we were able to catch it eventually. But the sink backed up and like filled the sink. And then it was the water was spilling everywhere and it was coming out like a geyser. And we started freaking out, you guys. We run in the kitchen and we hear it going and we're like, what do we do? We had to get buckets and start uh, loading the buckets and then throwing them in the toilet and outside like to get the water out of the sink because it was overflowing everywhere. This was in our apartment. And we're I'm looking at the counter and we're trying to move things quickly, but everything on the counter is getting fucked up because... Uh, you know, it's over, the water is overflowing and it was not even just water. I hate to be gross, but it was like, it was, uh, dirty water. I don't even know what it was. It was like, could have been anything. Like, we don't know exactly. I'm sorry to sound gross. You guys apologize, but we don't know if it was like shit water or what. We were just trying to get it out of there and it was coming so fast and loose. And so I'm looking at the counter. We take everything out of the kitchen, and then we finally get it to stop. The plumber comes. We get everything cleaned up. You know, we got cleaners here, all of that. Uh, however, I was looking in the kitchen after we got everything cleaned up, and I'm like, Matt, uh, where's my stuff? And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I put some stuff that I just got in the mail here on the counter. I was like, did it get ruined? And he's like, well, whatever was on the counter, there was stuff that got ruined. I had to throw shit out. And I got so pissed, you guys. I was livid livid so mad my day was ruined as if it wasn't bad enough that the whole thing was erupting like a geyser then i'm thinking the package that i just got in the mail was ruined so i am moping around all day i'm just in the worst of spirits because what i had ordered uh that arrived was something very special to me so matt can see that i'm upset he's like what's wrong i was like you know i was just very upset because uh, my package was on the counter and i think you threw it away you know it got ruined from the shit water and he's like, wait a minute, was it, uh, was it something from like a Happy Meal toy? And I go, yes, it was a Happy Meal toy. He's like, oh, that wasn't on the counter. He's like, I put that in the other, in the other room, the office. So I run in the office and it's safe. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like I was so relieved. I was so happy singing happy, happy, joy, joy. Woo. I was so excited. So happy. You guys, it was saved. It was in my office. He moved it before the eruption. Then he goes, what is it exactly? And then I had to explain to him the package that I was so worried about getting ruined was actually not a Happy Meal toy. It was a collection of Burger King Happy Meal toys. I know they're not officially a Burger King Happy Meal, but it was like the Burger King Kids Club toys. And specifically, it was a Rosie O'Donnell (laughs) Burger King back in the 90s, 99 or something. They did a whole collection of Rosie O'Donnell Burger King toys for the Kids' Choice Awards. Now, they were, it was like the cartoon version of Rosie. This is what they gave kids. This is what they gave kids. So I am showing Matt. I'm like, see, these are the Rosie O'Donnell Burger King collection. He's like, first of all, why the fuck did you buy that? Second of all, he was like, why did they give that to kids? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, what kid wants a Rosie O'Donnell toy with their Whopper? And I was like, this kid did. <laughs> I was like, I remember being a kid. I wanted those so bad, but we never went to Burger King. You know, if anything, we went to go to McDonald's. We didn't have a Burger King. And where was there a Burger King in Solon, Ohio? I don't remember, but we never went to Burger. We weren't a Burger King family. So I never got the Rosie Kids Choice Awards toys. 
But Matt, it's like, I can't believe they gave that. It's like a kids club thing. And I was like, yeah, well, you know what? It's a collector's item. And I'm so glad it's not ruined because they're hard to get on eBay. Hard to get the whole collection. So luckily, despite the shit water going all over our apartment, uh, the Rosie toys are safe and sound. So everyone can sit tight, little bear. You're, we're all good. The uh, toys are safe and sound, and they are uh, proudly displayed. I'll take a post. I'll post them on my Instagram or something, but they're safe. Uh, and uh, yeah, they got them on eBay. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, so Sutton, uh, she does tell Erica Jane that she's got a pretty mess inside of her. She also tells a story about some pilot losing his license because he got a knobber, like he got a, a blowgy in the, during the flight or before the flight or something. I didn't really know what she was saying, like what she was talking about. She was being very Blanche Devereaux, though. I felt it, you know, with that little bit of the accent. Then we cut to Garcelle and Kyle. They have a nice little conversation about the charity thing. And Garcelle asked Kyle if she would have said that if it was one of the white woman women. And then they talk about stereotypes of black women. And I thought that was an interesting conversation. And I loved, here's the thing I love most. I mean, great conversation too, but I loved Garcelle's confessional look with sort of that blue-gray hair. I thought it was stunning. And Kyle and Garcelle make up, and I want those two to be the next dynamic duo. I do. Then we cut to Crystal's house. Now, Crystal's got the brother who's a pop star in the other country. And I was very distracted by this young man because he was gorgeous looking. I mean, she's got the hot pop star brother. This woman, it's just like every time... Uh, she keeps giving us something new. She also had that uh, woman and her staff, Lucy. I love Lucy. I loved her. She's a star. She called Crystal's dress ugly. Um, you guys, it was great. Now, Crystal also sort of implied that her house was really small. Did you catch that? Didn't she say? She said something like, oh, it's just 9,000 square feet, and we have a small staff of just just Lucy. And I was like, man, I wish I had a staff of just Lucy. I'd love Lucy to come over to my house. Uh, and to have 9,000 square feet sounds good to me. But Crystal, then she bragged about Rob's IMDb page, which was pretty amazing. She's like Haunted Mansion, Lion King. I know she's naming shit. And again, I was just so thinking about the hot brother, the pop star. Hot. Then uh, we cut to Rinna and Garcelle in the airport lounge. They're all getting ready to go to this Lake Tahoe trip. And Garcelle very much hates Rinna with every part of her being. I believe in my heart and soul that... There's not a, a lick of uh, love between the two. Rinna maybe like I honestly don't even think Rinna likes Garcelle, but I think Rinna doesn't have maybe negative feelings towards Garcelle, whereas Garcelle really, with all of her being, hates Lisa Rinna. And you can see that it's all in her eyes. It's in her eyes. It's in her body language. It's so incredibly clear to me. And I need us to all start paying attention to it because Garcelle doesn't even want to be in a scene with Rinna. She doesn't want to look at her. She doesn't want to talk to her. And she is completely disgusted by this woman. And it's rare to see that on these shows, because usually they'll tell each other when they hate each other. Reminds me very much of Jersey, of Teresa and Melissa. Those two very clearly hate each other. And sometimes we pretend that they don't, but they do. And that's how I feel about this Garcelle Rinna. They're like pretending that they made up, but she definitely hates Rinna with all of her being. Did you guys watch that Jersey reunion finale? Teresa, that that whole thing with Teresa saying she wouldn't get, uh, she wouldn't let a boss come on to her, whatever. You guys, that was upsetting to hear. That was tough to hear. And you know, I've been a fan of Teresa on the show, but hearing her say that, I was like, oh, Tree, it was just so weird. It was, it was, un- I don't, uh, I don't even know what else to say. It was just upsetting, just so upsetting. It was a great reunion though overall. 
Loved it. Uh, then let's see. Oh, they all get to uh, Dallas. Kyle brings latte stuff to make lattes. Oh, and when they were all at the airport lounge, Kathy arrived. Kathy, who I love with every part of me, every little ounce uh, cell of my body is obsessed with this woman, Kathy. Kathy gets to the airport lounge and she asks Rin if she brought any snacks. She said, did you bring any snacks? Rinna's like, I don't know. I didn't bring any snacks. Kathy wanted some snacks, and I was like, somebody get Big Kathy some snacks. Ah, wait, is she Big Kathy or is she just regular Kathy? Because there's like, Big Kathy's their mom. So, little Kathy. I love all the Kathys. I love a Kathy in general, too. Anyone out there listening, if you're a Kathy, love a Kathy. So then, uh, what else is going on? Oh, None of them, some of them have been to Tahoe. Dorit has never been to Tahoe, but she does say it's like a Switzerland vibe. Dorit's really not giving us so much this season, is she? I feel like she's just going to be sort of uh, on the periphery. Um, but they do get on a small plane. It looks like a private plane. And Garcelle, she does not like planes. And I thought this was Kyle's bit, but it seems like Kyle gave up the plane bit. Remember, every time we had to go on a plane with Kyle, she would do a big song and dance about being scared. And I don't know if she's still that way, but it was like the producers, uh, camera people, they were just like, oh, fuck Kyle, we're going to shoot Garcelle now. Like, Garcelle just totally stole Kyle's storyline about the planes. She just just did it, and uh, flawlessly, I might add. I don't know if she stole, maybe they, I don't know, the camera people must have just been tired of doing that with Kyle, so they didn't even shoot her. So, uh, you know, I don't know what we can glean from that, but it happened. So we arrive at the Sherman Estate Airbnb, which looks stunning. 17 bedrooms. Rinna's pretending she organized and booked it, which we know is probably not true. And here's the thing that really stressed me out when they arrived. They were talking about their bags, and they were upset that they had no one to uh, bring their bags in because of COVID. But what really upset me was when they were bringing the bags to the room, they were just throwing them willy-nilly on the bed. I'm not talking about the big suitcases, but did you see, like, Garcelle, she got to her room and she threw her carry-on bag right on the bed. Now, I, Linda Pellegrino taught me you always put a towel down. When you get to a hotel room, wherever you're staying, you get to someone's house, that bag has been up in the overhead dep- uh, compartments. It's been sitting on the ground at the airport. It's been everywhere. So, Linda, when I go to visit home with my mom, which I'm going soon, very soon, very excited— uh, when I get home, even, she puts a towel down, and I'm only allowed to put the bag on the towel, and then we wash it off with Lysol. I always wash my luggage, but I saw Garcelle just throw it on the bed, and some of the other women, too. I thought, someone needs to clean this luggage, you guys. And that's something you all need to do when you go to these places. Fuck COVID. Even out of, outside of COVID, you need to clean the luggage because you're just dragging it through the airport, in the airplanes. There's germs everywhere. And then you're putting it on your bed where you lay your head or lie your head, lay, lie. Uh, and it's not okay, so you need to wash the luggage, the outside of it, or at least just spray it down with some Lysol, you know, bare minimum even. But throw a towel down. That's what you really need to do. Uh, anyway, then uh, they're all... Oh, Kathy. Kathy got Kyle to plug in the fan. She brought a fan with her. God bless Kathy. Then she made her sister plug it in. Plug it in, plug it in. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with more. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And speaking of Kathy and Kyle, Kyle does the best impression of Kathy. And I think we need to give Kyle some props for her impression work. She should be on SNL, either as a cast member or a host. Quite frankly, I'd like her as a cast member. I want to hear Kyle say live from New York at Saturday night because that woman knows how to do impressions. And I know a lot of you might not like Kyle, but you got to give her that because that woman can do a character reel. She should be at the Groundlings on stage, uh, you know, doing these characters because I'm telling you, they're flawless. Her Kathy work was amazing. Last season, her Teddy Mellencamp work was amazing. Did you guys hear that news that Teddy Mellencamp's going to appear uh, in a cameo this season on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills? That's right. We're all going to have to see that. Uh, Teddy's going to be coming, lurking around one of these episodes. We all better hold on to our seats because one of these uh, episodes, we're going to see her lurking around the corner. And we all thought, we all got excited. We thought, no more Teddy Mellencamp, who seems like a lovely human being in real life, maybe, uh, but wasn't quite suited for this program, in my opinion. Uh, and now she's coming back. She wasn't even off a whole season. Now she's she's lurking around that corner, peeking the head out. She's warning us. I saw it was in page six or something, like a warning. I was like, somebody alert the authorities. Teddy's coming. Scared. Scared. And we don't even know when it is. I wish they would at least let us know this episode. Episode seven. Episode 14. Like, let us know so we can delete that one from the DVR. Or just move on. You know, or at least just be prepared. Because it's going to be happening, and I don't want it to sneak up on me. You know, I'm sitting tight and watching my show, and then all of a sudden she sneaks on. She lurks on like jaws in the water. Like, we're just waiting. Where's Teddy Mellencamp? She's going to be all in on this program, unfortunately, for an episode. And it better just be, I hope it's one episode. It better not be more than that. There better not be some long character arc for Teddy Mellencamp on this program. Sorry. I'm all out. If that happens, we just need a little cameo would be fine, but at least tell me it's coming, you know, play it in the preview so I could be prepared, you know, get my bearings and know when I need to take my commercial break or my bathroom break or get some food or something. Just let me know. Maybe put it up on the screen. You know how they do like uh, in 30 minutes, there's a new show. You know how sometimes they put a graphic on the screen and say like coming up in 25 minutes, there's a new episode of Roni or whatever it is. That's what they need to do. Put a little graphic that says, like, Teddy's coming, and then a countdown clock. Let us know. Be prepared. And then when it's getting close, we can all just sort of either look away or run to the other room or and do our taxes, whatever we got to do uh, so that we miss it. 
you know, bravo if you're listening. I'd love that. You know, I get that you brought her back for a scene or an episode or something, but maybe just prepare us. Prepare us. I appreciate that you at least let us know via page six that she's coming. Um, but, you know, I'd like some specifics. So then, uh, let's see, uh, Erica, oh, she um, said, they talk about seeing. Kathy can't see anything. You know, she mistook Kyle and Garcelle. She can't see anything. And then Erica says her husband also can't see. And every time they say Tom's name, you guys, aren't you all on the edge of your seat? I'm always thinking, I'm like biting my nails. Like, what's she about to say about the Tommy Two Tones? What is she about to say? Then we find out Kathy calls uh, Kyle Doogie. Doogie. She says in a confessional, she says it means little child or Tootsie Roll. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? It means Tootsie Roll. I was like, Kathy, I don't know what you mean by saying it means like Tootsie Roll. Like, what, is, what do you mean it means like Tootsie Roll? I've never heard that before. Maybe it's a saying. It's just something I'm not aware of. But I feel like I would at least be like cognizant of a word Dougie like a Tootsie Roll. I don't know. There's a nine and a half year difference between Kath and Kyle. And uh, there's a bunny flashback. They talk a little bit about Kim. I'm hoping Kim comes by. I do, I do want her to come by. Sutton gave everyone presents. She gave them flasks with initials on them. And Kathy says, what do we put in this mouthwash? You guys, Kathy said, what do we put in this mouthwash? In regards to her flask. Now, I love this woman. Every cell of my body. Every cell. I love her. I love her. I'm ready for Paris to show up, too. I know Paris. I bet we'll get a little Paris appearance. Or uh, Nikki. Let's bring Nikki in. Paris. Let's get the whole gang. Kim. Ugh. Uh, then let's see. Oh, Erica says, I'm taking off my shoes. And then they do the close-up on the shoes. You guys, the close-up. We saw Erica Jane's uh, shoe close-up longer than we saw the burnt fish that Kyle cooked. She cooked burnt salmon. She just uh, It was charcoaled salmon. And we saw Erica's shoes for longer than that. And that's because those Bravo editors, they're shady as fuck, and I love them. I love them. You guys, if you're listening, you're the best. So then everyone sits down. Dorit suggests playing a game called Two Truths and a Lie. Now, no one knows how to play this game. And I say that uh, I, I say that meaning even after the rules were explained to these women, they still did not understand how to play. That's right. So let's start off. Crystal reveals that she worked at an escort agency when she was 18 as an operator. And then, she, so yeah, she was 18. She didn't escort, but she did operate phones there, which I can only imagine. I only, can only imagine. Remember, Anne Hathaway played like a phone sex operator in one of those Gary Marshall movies, Valentine's Day or or Mother's Day or whatever the fuck movie that was. Remember that where they get all the cast and it's like Catherine Heigl, Jennifer Aniston, you know, everyone in Hollywood has a role. Uh, in those ones. And I miss those. I know Gary Marshall, a genius, has passed, but I wish somebody would else take the reins. You know, give me a bad holiday movie with everyone in Hollywood in it. I want to see, uh, uh, I want to see Courtney Cox. I want to see, uh, everyone, the whole gang, Bugs Bunny. I just want to see Joy Behar appearing in Arbor Day, July 4th, starring, uh, the Mucinex Booger. Like, give me everyone from Hollywood in a movie. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, Taylor Swift appearance, the Pine Saw Lady. Like, let's get them all in one of those holiday films. That's what I want. Uh, Sutton reveals that she worked as a barista at Starbucks. That was shocking to me. Didn't expect that. Now, Erica was the first one who really didn't understand the game because she said, um, she said all things, she said three things. I worked for the mafia. I was a witness and I wore a wire and I was adopted. 
And then she said she can't reveal which one's truths and lies. Erica, that's not how you play the fucking game. And that pissed me off. Bamboozle Jane really upset me in this scene because I thought, we've been, we've been, uh, told that she's going to be revealing all. I've heard on interviews, Andy Cohen says she's really revealing all this season. And then even in the trailers and stuff, they make it seem like, oh, Erica Jane's revealing it all. And she can't even play the fucking two truths and a lie. She can't even reveal lies. Okay, so that doesn't give me very much hope for the rest of the season that she's going to be revealing all the truth about her and Tommy Two-Tones because she couldn't even do it in the game and reveal two lies. They didn't even have to be truths. One of them was a lie. Give me at least uh, something. Reveal a lie to me. She couldn't even do that. Oh, I was exhausted by that woman. Bamboozled Janes. I think they're bamboozling all of us this whole season as if she's going to say everything. That did not give me hope. I felt like, you know what? This is it. She's not giving us anything. We're all thinking she's going to uh, let it all loose. and She's not. And then Rinna starts to play. She says something about, I'm not a good liar. And then Garcelle says, you're an actress. <laughs> ah, Garcelle. I love she said you're an actress and you know Garcelle was like what the fuck like in her head she's like you're that's what you're supposed to be doing for a living is lying you dummy (laughs) that's what Garcelle was thinking that her inner monologue was uh you're supposed to be lying for a living dummy that's what she was thinking and she didn't say that but she did say you're an actress and uh, honestly that dialogue to me is that's a joke that's a funny joke that's better than anything uh, on a sitcom these days so then Kathy, she don't know how to play the game. She says all truths. I don't give a fuck because I die for Kathy. I love her. I jump in front of a bus for that woman. Hysterical. Uh, then everyone decides to go to bed except for Kyle, Sutton, and Crystal. Uh, Rin and Garcelle do talk in bed, and I'm sort of over their thing. Again, I'm bored with all of it, and uh, I don't think Garcelle likes Rinna. I'm sort of bored. I was just bored with that. I was bored with that. And then the other thing is uh, Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal, which is this whole conversation. Crystal says... In regards to stereotyping, it hits you hard. And then Sutton interjects and she says, I'm not going to do this. I'm not talking about racial stereotypes. Crystal's like, it's easy for you not to. She says, are you that girl? Are you that girl that doesn't see color, you guys? And then they, those bravo bastards, they put uh, to be continued. I was so pissed. But I love them. But I love them. I, I mean, I was on, I was on board, but I was pissed. You know what I mean? Like, I was pissed. But it was a great episode, I thought. And you guys, this season is great because they have a bunch of stuff going on. There's multiple storylines happening at once. I feel invigorated. We got Crystal and Sutton. We got Bamboozle, Jane. We got Kathy. Like, there's tons of stuff happening on the show. And uh, there's lots of layers. There's lots of people that hate each other, different alliances. You guys, that's what we always want from these seasons. It's never fun when it's two groups, one versus one. It's always better when there are layers and when one person on one side's feuding with someone on another side, but then that person's friend is friends with the evil villain on the other side. Like we need those sort of uh, tangled webs of alliances. It's, it's what we're getting from this season of The Real House of Beverly Hills. And I, for one, am thrilled, thrilled about it. So you guys, that's the episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills. We're all caught up later this week. We'll be back. My goal, and I mentioned this last week, the goal is to, uh, have the New York recaps and the Beverly Hills recaps together. However, unfortunately, uh, last week I did not get the episode in advance. Sometimes I, uh, I am able to get those in advance and so I can cover them. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. So I don't know. We're going to have to see how this week goes, but that's the goal. If you don't uh, see them together, then we'll just have to be doing them separately how we're doing now.
I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Uh, anyway, with all of that said, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I want to say please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. We have Everything Iconic merch available at everythingiconic.store. And uh, I love you all so much for listening. Shall we do our little cool down, our little wind down, our cheesy little breathing exercises? Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Now I want to read one of our little meditation cards. Uh, I did read this one before, but I thought it was a good one. And I just want to remind everyone, I think it's a good uh, reminder for us all as we go about our week. So tell yourself this, uh, I am compassionate. I understand how important it is to have compassion and not just for others, but for myself as well. I forgive myself for the times I may have let myself down I forgive others for the same. I realize that, like me, everyone is doing the best they know with the tools they have. I am compassionate. This is a hard thing for all of us to realize, I think. I don't know. I feel that way. It's like sometimes I don't get so mad at other people, but I get mad at myself, and I don't give myself the grace that I usually extend to other people. And so going forward, I'm going to just try to keep reminding myself that uh, it's okay, I can forgive myself for when I might have screwed up, when I might have let myself down. Uh, there's plenty of times we all go about our days and we say and do things we don't mean or that we wish we could take back. And at a certain point, you have to forgive yourself. Give yourself the grace and forgiveness that you would extend to other people, and hopefully you will also go about extending that to other people. 
So there, do I sound like I'm on a soapbox? I know, some of you are rolling your eyes. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross, I get it. I understand, I'm grossed up on myself too, but you know what, I'm going to give myself the grace and forgiveness and allow myself to just be gross in this moment. And even though you're rolling your eyes at me and I'm rolling my eyes at myself, we're still going to go forward and be compassionate. I love you all so much for listening. Uh, stay tuned uh, later this week for a new episode, and uh, we'll talk soon. This podcast is brought to you by Acast. If you are looking for a platform to listen to Everything Iconic on, go to acast.com slash everything iconic, or you can download the Acast app and listen there.